the City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey everyone, this is Russell Cox. I am editor of the Municipal Association of South Carolina's Uptown Publication. And today I am speaking to two members of the Municipal Association's Local Revenue Services. Returning to the podcast, we have Caitlin Cothran. Caitlin is manager for Local Revenue Services. Caitlin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Russell. I'm, it's starting to be a continual thing. A recurring thing. Yeah. Yes, yes. A recurring. Yeah. How do re- I get out of that? <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> we also have in her first appearance a Fran Adcock. Fran is a revenue analyst for Local Revenue Services. Fran, welcome. Thanks, Russell. Happy to be here. Glad to have you. Glad to have you. We are talking today about the Local Business License Renewal Center, which is an online portal that cities and towns must begin using next year in 2022 to accept business license renewals and payments as required by the South Carolina Business License Tax Standardization Act, Act 176. Caitlin and Fran, can you all explain what this renewal center is? Caitlin, can I start with you? Yes. So that's right. The renewal center. Many of our cities are probably more familiar with the word portal, which is what we've been calling it for a long time when we were developing it. And until recently, honestly, when we named it and gave it its official title of local business license renewal center. Mm Mm-hmm. We're very excited about it. The association decided several years ago that in an effort to try and preserve and save business license taxes across the state, they were going to put forth the money to develop this portal and staff it. And so even before it was included in the Standardization Act as a requirement, we were already building it and working with cities and towns to make it come true, make it happen. So. We are very excited. We think it's going to make things easier for businesses. Um, Again, it's cities and towns, but it's also counties. There are nine counties that have a business license tax. Act 176 mandates that it's hosted at the South Carolina Revenue and Fiscal Affairs Office. So the program resides there with them. They actually have approval, final approval of the class schedule and the standard application as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, As it says in its name, this is the Local Business License Renewal Center. So businesses still need to go to the correct jurisdiction to get a new license. This is Mm -hmm. only for renewals. And the pilot program has been going on for several years now. This is the first year Greenwood has been doing it for several years. This is the first year we have more than Greenwood participating. We have five cities. And I know I'm not going to get all of them, Fran. So they are Anderson, Greenwood, Hanahan, Hardyville, Hardyville, Casey, Casey. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Is anything else, Fran? Well, no, I just wanted to point out that one of the most important reasons for the development of the Renewal Center is to make it easier for businesses to conduct business across our state. And the Renewal Center allows businesses who work in multiple jurisdictions to be able to make one transaction for multiple jurisdictions. And this will save time and money because when you're a business owner, time is money. So... This is a really good option for payment. Yeah. Friend, I'm looking at the um, 
I'm looking at the notes you you have prepared, and you point out that the renewal center is free for the taxing jurisdictions to use. That's correct. Yeah, there's no there's no cost to the cities and towns that use it. There's a nominal fee to the businesses. It's a convenience fee. The convenience fee to businesses is 2.9% plus 30 cent for credit cards and 0.08% that caps at $5 for ACH. The system remits full what, payment. What is, what is ACH in this context? It's essentially an electronic check, e-check. Okay. So it's drafted directly out of your bank, bank account. account. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like Fran said, Act 176 also specifically states that there can be no charge to the cities and towns. Mm-hmm. So that's in law now. Correct. So the charge is passed on to the businesses for the processing fee. And like I said, the association isn't charging or taking any money and fees from the renewal center. It remits the full payment to the taxing jurisdiction. That's right. Directly to them. I want to point out, unlike our other programs where the money comes to us mm-hmm. and then we disperse it, the funds go directly to the city or town or county. Mm-hmm. No one else touches the money. So one of the things we want to talk about is the processes involved with the system, both for the cities and towns and also for the businesses. So, Fran, I will pose this question to you. Can you first walk us through how the city or town goes about setting up their account with the Renewal Center? Okay. Well, I do want to point out that the um, Renewal Center is step six of standardization. So you can find the stats on the association's website to understand how they all fit together. But this, I just want, also want to say that... Russell made me promise that I wouldn't talk about every single standardization <laughs> step. But I just want to say there are seven steps and you need to look at the website and do it. That's www.masc.sc. That's my plug. Keyword standardization. And it, Caitlin does like to point out that these steps build upon one another. So you can't go straight. Like if this yes, be you one can't of the, jump to step mm-hmm. six. You got to start in number one. Yes. Yes. Because yes. I've had cities contact me in the very beginning of standardization wanting to jump on the portal. And I had to explain that, no, it's step six. So there is a process. But um, I have sent emails to cities and towns that are almost ready to jump on the portal. So the email is pretty much, it will include important dates, file formats, and renewal notice information that should be included in their annual renewal notices. So, and we've also created a staging site, which mimics the live renewal center site. And the staging site will be available beginning September 1st, and it will close December 20th. So in essence, new participants will have three and a half months to practice before they upload to the live site beginning January 1. Yes, Mm -hmm. and the individual getting those emails is the person listed as the main contact for standardization. And who else? It's it's also like the finance director or whoever we have on file for standardization. And also, you know, reference our system to make sure that I get the business license contacts in that email as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they're only getting those emails if they've already rebalanced and have the ordinance documents in hand or have you even passed the ordinance is that right that's correct yes so Fran in software terms the staging site Mm -hmm. from September through mid to late December this is kind of the idea of a testing environment as opposed to a production environment when it's running in 2022 
To, well, I was going to say, yeah. if you want to get literal, there's always three environments. Yes. <laughs> there's like a production, a test, and a staging. And we put things in staging after we test them, but before we push them to production. Mm-hmm. The reason we can't give them access to test is because we're still making enhancements mm-hmm. constantly, getting feedback from cities, updating it to try and make it more user-friendly, add modifications that they need. Mm-hmm. So we're giving these individuals access to staging so that we can keep doing that until January. Does that okay. make sense? Yes. Okay. I'm learning things. <laughs> so, I mean, but they'll have three and a half months to practice before they actually go live January 1, and they'll be able to go through all six steps, like I pointed out earlier. And then once municipalities are ready, they should have their primary business license official contact me so that I will make sure that they are designated as the main contact in the portal and once they get in the portal they can um they can choose whomever they want to have access um to the portal at that point Mm -hmm. yeah so that's how they that's the initial step to get started there is also the question of how it works for the businesses so imagine a business that already has an existing license and it's now time for them to renew and and they want to use the renewal center. Mm -hmm. So how would they get set up? For an existing business? Yes. How would the business get set up to use the renewal center to renew their licenses? Okay, so it's an easy process. The business will go onto our website, and it's, it clearly marks, it says, get started. Mm-hmm. And well, I just want to point out, when she says our website, she means www.localblrenewal.com. Yes. Yes. So they'll go there, and they'll, they'll select get started, and then it takes them through a process. And one of the reasons we sent out the email is to include to the jurisdictions exactly what they need to put into their renewal notices. Mm-hmm. In order for a business to use the portal, they will need to know their um, NAICS code, their tax ID, and their account number. So they'll need those three things, and so we're encouraging the jurisdictions to add this. And when I say jurisdictions, I mean cities and towns. Mm-hmm. Well, when it comes to the portal, the portal refers to cities and towns as jurisdictions. So but that's only because of counties, because correct. cities and towns are municipalities. You yes. throw counties in there, we start calling them jurisdictions. Yes. So they'll log in and they'll put in that information. And once it validates, and they'll need their tax ID because the tax ID is the identifying number throughout the entire state. It's it's unique to that business. So they'll need their tax ID in order to utilize the portal. We have gotten the question about what if it's a sole proprietor and mm-hmm. they don't have a tax ID, they use their social security number. Mm-hmm. It's either. So if you're not familiar with the lingo, tax ID is the federal employee identification number. Some businesses use their personal social security number for that. If it's That's most common when it's a sole proprietor business and it's not a large establishment. And um, you reference NAICS codes. I On this podcast, every time anyone says NAICS codes, I make them say what a NAICS... I, <laughs> what does NAICS stand for? I, that's I, what Russell says. I always say NAICS and he goes, and that stands for like North American Industry Classification System Code. N-A-I-C-S. NAICS. Yes, so Fran is correct. They need those things because we're trying to confirm. I say this during meetings. I don't know why anybody would log in and try to pay a business license for uh, for somebody that they don't have to pay a business license for. I don't think that would happen. But we still have this entire concept of ownership where we're trying to prove that these things line up and they are the owner of that license before mm-hmm. we give them access to the data. 
we're doing that because the cities are preloading the data into the system. So once they claim ownership by entering all of those things and we do a check and we say, yes, that matches the data that we have, mm-hmm. they only have to do that one time. And we pull in every license from every city that's uploaded something pertaining to that tax ID, which goes back to the whole tax ID concept. Mm-hmm. So the tax ID essentially is the the only thing that is the same across the state for that business because all those other things could be different. The NAICS code could be different because they could be doing different business activity inside different jurisdictions. That's based on the business activity. The account number could be different because that's determined by the business. So the only thing that we could identify as the same across the state is that tax ID. Caitlin, the business license standardization roundtable meetings have now begun. And I know one of the things that you guys are talking about at these is the renewal center. So have there been any interesting questions coming in yet about it? We have done several of those meetings so far, and we're doing them with different COG groups. By no means do you have to come to your council of government session. You just go to whichever one suits your schedule and you can get to. And it's a larger business license meeting. So the renewal center is one of the things that we're talking about. We're also covering any standardization questions and any general business license questions. And then you know, you mentioned our name is now Local Revenue Services. We're covering mm-hmm. that name change in those meetings, too, that we're moving from collections to Local Revenue Services. Mm-hmm. So it's very informative for anyone who wants to attend. We have gotten a lot of questions. Most of them are always the same questions. People tend to have the same concerns about, are you approving these licenses or mm-hmm. am I approving them? And no, the association, nor is South Carolina Revenue and Fiscal Affairs touching the data. We're not looking at it. We're not approving it or rejecting it or any of that. All of that, the city and town and county still maintain sole control and discretion of if they approve or reject a license. That is, that's the primary concern that I hear from people. Um, Fran, can you think of anything else? No, I think when people come to the meetings and they see the demonstration of the portal and they realize just the ease of using it. I think it kind of alleviates a lot of, a lot of, um, anxiety about it because Mm -hmm. I mean, it is really user friendly. So when they see that, I think that that kind of alleviates a lot of questions that they have. Um, we have had people ask us about, um, we have a lot of, I I won't say a lot, but it's been kind of eye opening going through standardization and seeing how many cities actually do not have any software for business licensing. Yeah. I mean, they're using basic, you know, Excel and things like that. And this is another opportunity that these cities will have to come into modern times and actually get, actually utilize the software that they've never been able to use before. So this is actually a really good benefit for them. And and since I brought up the standardization roundtable meetings, I will point out that there are still more of those in September, there's one on September 14th, and there is one on September 16th as well. These were happening in person, but with uh, COVID numbers rising again, we've changed these into virtual meetings. They are listed by councils of government areas, but I believe the virtual meetings aren't restricted to just those whose city or town is located in that councils of governments area 
if you go on the Municipal Association's website, and what's that address? www.masc.sc. And are you going to say keyword standardization? You can look, you can do keyword standardization, and the roundtables are actually at the bottom of the standardization mm-hmm. page. You could also look at the calendar by yeah, the, date and see it. The training calendar, yeah. yes. Are there the, is that it? Are there any other places, any other ways to get to it? I think that's it. Yes. Yeah. One thing I made a note here that I wanted to mention is I get questions from cities who haven't gotten to step six and aren't ready to use the portal about, well, how are their businesses going to use it? The business can't use it unless the city signs up. Yes. So the city has to sign up, have a user account, input their information because there's no way for the software to know what to charge a business user until the city puts their rate schedule in. Caitlin, you talk about the seven steps and uh, these seven steps to make the standardization process work well. Um, I I did get you to promise to not just explain all seven in detail, but would you like to briefly characterize the... the (laughs) Yes. Okay. (laughs) Okay. She she wanted she wanted to explain them so much. So let's let's let her do it. I I try to push this standardization concept whenever I can and talk about the steps and talk about the process. I think people are realizing that everything we've been saying about we've broken it down into these little bite-sized pieces. You can do this. We're here to help you. You know, that's coming to fruition and everybody's realizing that if you have not started, please start. I can't emphasize enough you need to be doing this. You have to be doing this. And as Russell makes fun of me, but I always say, if you think there is nothing that you need to do to standardize, you are wrong. Everybody has to do at least one thing because there are so many changes. But quickly, it's seven steps. The first five deal with your standard license year, updating your data, rebalancing, cleaning up everything, making sure it's accurate. Step six is, and passing the ordinance. Step six is the renewal center. And step seven really is just information that we put out there for you to have to make it easier to communicate with your businesses and council members and staff members and whoever you need to talk to. Let the stakeholders know what's going on. Yes, the lovely Russell helped me write up some language for all of your audiences you could possibly imagine, and it is under step seven. So we have cities and counties actually who've been taking that language and going ahead and putting it in renewal letters to notify businesses ahead of time. I have business licensed staff people who are using it to explain the changes to their council members who aren't familiar with business licensing. Just please reach out if you need anything before you do something or make some drastic changes. Please reach out. It is nice to hear that it's that that language is getting used. I like that. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> People ask for it a lot and I tell them, actually, it's already here and here's a link to it. Good old Russell. It's much prettier than if I wrote it. <laughs> prettier. <laughs> All right. Final thoughts. Fran, anything final you'd like to say about the Renewal Center? Well, I'm just really excited to work with everyone. And we've been, you know, I was hired for this. And this Mm -hmm. is like, just exciting to actually be able to kick it off. And also, you know, I think businesses will really benefit from this. And they've had a really tough year. So this will make their lives easier. It's going to, I mean, it's really going to change things with business licensing across the state. So I'm really excited about it. It's nice to have Fran because when she started, I mean, she has many years in business licensing experience in general, but she also owned a business when she started. So I was getting information from both sides of. Correct. 
Oh, so yeah. you could, okay. So she has had to process business licenses and file business license applications. Mm-hmm. So it's, she's got both sides there. Yes. The experience. And we ran a business through COVID and we sold a business through COVID. So I understand what businesses have gone through this past year. Yes. yes I did not know you brought that much perspective to this. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yes. Yeah. Questions on the Renewal Center? Uh, talk to Fran Adcock. Fran, how can they get in touch with you? Well, my email address is fadcock at masc.sc. My phone number is 803-933-1201. And I'm always available. So anytime, I'm here to answer questions. And business licensing, too, even if it's not about the Renewal Center. Yes. Very good. Fran, Caitlin, thank you guys so much for talking to us about the Renewal Center. Thanks for having us, Russell. Thank you, Russell. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.